DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, here for his weekly visit. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers, along with a free Apple iPad, to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Samson, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Doing well. Curious if you got the uh, beauty sleep. You want to sleep all the way through the bye week. You like? Were you well rested? You ready to go now? You back at a hundred percent? All systems I'm go. I'm ready to go. We can start over the season right now. I'm ready to hit twelve games again. <laughs> For you, man, I like to hear that. I understand practice was canceled Thursday. Was that a surprise? <laughs> it was honestly. Coach uh, came in after Wednesday's practice and told us. Hey, you guys gotta stop complaining. This is what we do. We work hard. We grind. We grind through the season. We work harder than everyone. And everyone was about it. We were ready to go to uh, get get back after practice again Thursday. Uh, we come in for a squat squat day uh, early, and then we watched a little bit of film, and then we go to team meeting. Coach surprised us all and told us we're going to the movies. <laughs> it was so fun. All right, obvious question. What'd you see? Uh, the Eternals, Marvel, baby. That's where. Avengers is sadly over. That's my those are my movies right there. But uh, the Eternals, it was a it was an all right movie. Um, a little bit confusing, but a lot of action. It was good. Oh yeah, that's the best. I don't even care if uh, if I follow the storyline as long as there's enough action. If there's enough action, I'm good to go. Is that the way you view it? Exactly, exactly. You love those John Wick movies. All three of them are amazing. <laughs> so much yeah. action. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> The one that got me was Doctor Strange. I went because my kid wanted to go, and I'm like, all right, yeah, go ahead. I'll play along, right? And then it got me. And I know a lot of action, but a bazillion special effects when they were, I don't even know, when they were running on the globe or whatever. I don't know. I can't even describe it, but it was awesome. Yeah, I think by far that's the best Marvel movie. Just uh, everything about the movie, the action's good, and then just the visuals on it. Yeah. it's a trippy movie, honestly. <laughs> it is, it is, but it's really good, and I had no idea when I went. I really liked it. I know. I was, I, I'm glad for the second one coming. I'm excited. Kalani has a deep connection to BYU, obviously, having played there, grown up at least a part of his life in the community and back in the community now. But he's winning, and he's winning at an incredible rate. And there's a bunch of jobs in the Pac-12 that have been coming open. Uh, do you have any concern that he would be interested, uh, at least from, certainly from a financial standpoint, that – Maybe he might uh, think about leaving. No, there's no way. Uh, maybe if there's a financial standpoint, he he, he I could possibly see him taking it for his family. And um, I don't think anyone on that team would be hurt because we are one big family. And if you're making moves to help your family, I think everyone would totally understand. But um, with Coach Kalani and um, this program, um, me and Puka came down here because we felt something very different and. Um, Coach Klein has been showing it all year and uh, the past year or two before that and uh, since he's gotten here that he's just here to bring something very different in him. I don't think he's leaving them. This program loves him so much and uh, I think he loves this program a lot and we're just very thankful for him. So for a lot of longtime BYU fans, it's the logo, it's the it's the letters, and they just think as long as somebody doesn't mess it up, BYU is going to be pretty good. Yeah. But... I look at it, and I think PK looks at it differently, too. 
people matter. And when you get the right person in the right job, that's when the good times roll. And that doesn't matter what sport. That doesn't matter pro, college, high school. That's just how sports works. How much do you think BYU is in this great place? Because it's BYU, and they got some built-in advantages, and they should be in this place. And how much do you think Kalani Special, he's got something going, and if somebody does throw a gazillion dollars at him and he goes out that door, all bets are off. Yeah, um, definitely. Kalani just brings something so the energy and just his uh, personality just brings something more different than any other coach. I feel like um, it's almost like he's my teammate, he's my brother, and uh, we're just talking about what what needs to be get uh, what needs to get done when it's practice and when we're talking about film or anything. And I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a coach and. Um, to have that guy next to you um, cheering with you, dancing with you while you're making plays too, uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's something you don't get a whole lot around the country and, um, and in any other sport you don't find a coach just fits you perfectly and that brings energy to the crowd and to the team. And uh, when you get that mix, the good times just stay rolling and everyone wants to have a good time and uh, it just feels better winning and cheer. Obviously, you're trying to keep those things going. And Kalani uh, just does a good job presenting um, the church and himself in the best of ways possible. Just always smiling and just having a good time and making sure everyone. It's interesting that you say that, the way you describe that. Uh, how much of that do you think is because now you have perspective of what works for you as a senior? Oh, I suppose. I say it's interesting that you, you feel this way. How much is it is because you're a senior and you have more maturity than you had when you was a, when you were a freshman? Oh, definitely. Um, as a senior, um, I've just seen a lot more. I've been through a lot more. I mean, not just with life, too. As we grow up, we just get a little bit wiser just because we've made a little bit more mistakes. Uh, we've gone through a little bit more situations. Um, but comparing from my freshman to senior year, like, um, I don't know. It's just a big energy and uh, – just uh, it, the biggest thing is that you'd never consider any of these coaches your coaches. Um, I consider these guys my friends, um, my brothers. Um, I can go in a battle with them and um, know that they got my back and uh, they know that I got their back. And um, yeah, just being from my freshman senior, I, mean, I don't know. Just you just feel a big energy shift, and uh, it's just crazy. Now, how much of this is because you're getting older and wiser, and how much of this is, well, you got a couple college football games left, a third with a bowl game, and, and, and you're getting a little sappy. You're getting a little you know, <laughs> a little teary, maybe a little soft. I am. I'm getting sad. Um, I was very heartbroken. It was already my last uh, game in uh, uh, the Stadium. It, it was pretty hard already, and it was, I've only been here a year. Um, <laughs> just being here with the crowd and the interaction with the fans has been unbelievable. There's a fan base like no other, really. Um, you have, if you, anyone showed up to the Baylor game, it was a home game for us. I mean, we didn't play our best game, but we showed up to that stadium, and it was a home game for us. And uh, staying after, talk with the fans, to show, see their support and love was just unbelievable. And um, it's been a crazy ride. Uh, the the years went by a lot faster, and our coaches talk about like these are the best times of the best times of your life, and uh, you're never going to get them back. And um, Man, I didn't. I feel like sometimes I took that for granted. Like these times are the best. Um, these times with my friends, I'm with these coaches too. It just 
I'm gonna hit real. I'm gonna hit the real world pretty soon, and it's not gonna be fun. But I'm ready for it, and I'm I'm just thinking for BYU. How much do you think that can work for recruiting as far as the Cougars? Because you've talked about it a couple of times now when you've been on the road. It's still it's almost like a home game with all the BYU fan support. So I'm wondering how much of an advantage is that as far as getting players when they look up in the crowd and see a bunch of blue there? Oh, man, it's it's something that you definitely need because um, you step into other crowds. Uh, you ever, if you ever step into my cycle team up there, like, if, and you don't have, uh, <laughs> you don't have any fan base with you, um, it's harder when you uh, when you face um, some adversity out of uh, battle back when you have a big crowd chanting against you. But with BYU, you really step in and we go to Wazoo. Every home game we've been to, I mean, every away game, it's been a home game. So um, it's been really good because we need that energy because uh, not everyone is uh, always awake for the game sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it takes a little bit to wake someone up. And uh, I think the crowd, uh, with BYU crowd, they do a great job. They travel. They travel heavy and uh, they they cheer heavy too. <laughs> All right, quiz time. Georgia Southern. What's their nickname? Do you know? Georgia Southern. I didn't even know they had a nickname. Do they got one? <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, the Eagles. They be ready. You ready for Georgia Southern? <laughs> So I ask that because I wonder if you really b- will be ready and dialed in. This is a school, you know, moving its way up through the levels of college football. Not, yeah. not really no tradition at this level. Even if you're a hardcore college football fan and you watch college football when you were in junior high all day long, you still haven't seen these guys very often. Is there any chance of a letdown? Um, no. Um, I think we got to definitely take this game like any other game. Um, they're an East Coast team and shoot SEC, I mean, any team on that side is honestly, you know, sometimes I think they're a different level, and um, it'll be fun to go step over to that side of the U.S. and uh, show them that we can still ball with anyone, <laughs> even though it might be a little lower division school, um, the players and athletes, I mean, anyone we get, Dave and Larry played from uh, Weaver State, anyone can ball anywhere, it don't matter what school you go to, so um, I think we just got to come out and do the everything we've been doing. We came out and <laughs> put a spanking on Idaho State, so uh, I expected uh, I expected to come out and do the same thing as Georgia Southern, but just being on top of our P's and Q's. Plus, you're a ranked team, so you know you're going to get their best shot. Oh, easily. I, I think everyone, this whole season, there's not been one team that had to give us their best shot, and um, I feel like we've always roasted the challenge. Um, the, there's two games we uh, didn't play to the best of our abilities, but, I mean, we stepped up and we're here now 8-2. You know, you say you didn't play to your best of abilities against Boise State, and I can absolutely buy that. But when you say you didn't play to best abilities against Baylor, I just wonder how much it had to do with Baylor. And I wonder if you feel differently about that loss after watching what Baylor did to previously undefeated Oklahoma. Nah, I think we still could have got Baylor. Um, there were just a lot of mental errors that we had. Um, I don't think everyone was awake. Like I said earlier, there was a... There's a little bit of lower energy on the team, but um, shoot, if we run it back ten out of ten times, I think we're winning nine out of those ten. Um, we're, I think, we're still a better team. Uh, shoot, we had one receiver go crazy that whole game. <laughs> I think we all could have aerated them a little bit more and uh, you know put a little space on Baylor. But yeah, we are where we're at now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's probably what I would think, too, if I were in your shoes. Uh, how much do you still follow Utah? they got a huge game, and you invested a lot of time in that program. they got Oregon this week. 
oh yeah, you know I'm gonna be watching that game. I'm right after our games, and I have time. I'm I'm there watching, or before our games, I'm there watching Utah U State. Those are my guys over there, and they've been kicking. But sounds like they're about to do Tycho Chance over this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious with uh, a couple games left, and I kind of alluded to this late, but. Does it feel like the end is almost here? Are you able because it's still practice every day, and you still got a game, and you've got the game at USC after this one? Are you kind of putting off the real world stuff, or is it really creeping into your thoughts? No, it's definitely it's a little bit of both. Uh, the practices are still here, so I'm not really too focused on the, the end coming up, but I can still uh, definitely feel it. And uh, I, um, I don't know, Puka tends to remind me a lot. He's like, "Dude, this is it, man." He's like, there's no coming back for you, man. He said, just make it happen every day. Every day, deposit money to the bank. Make plays every day. And um, so I try to forget a little bit and just living in the moment. But Puka's the one that keeps reminding me that this is it for me. <laughs> so he's the one that's putting me in my field. <laughs> well, Samson, we appreciate it. As always, the trip to Georgia Southern is a long one. And when you get there, you're right, other side of the country. And there are a lot of athletes and you never know, so we'll we'll be checking it out. We'll see how it goes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us weekly here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, coming up at 8.30, and Blake Anderson, Utah State head coach, coming up at 9.30, a Monday full of football. And PK, you do have yeah. to respect everybody, but BYU is favored by 20 against the Georgia Southern team that is 3-7. and C, three and seven. So if BYU turns in even a B-plus performance, they ought to win this. And I know that's what we were saying last week about the Utes going to Arizona. So, <laughs> Yeah, easy, Dorothy. This ain't Kansas. <laughs> nice. That, all right, that was well done. Very good. Thank you. Saw what happened. Yep. Kansas. Kansas got Texas. Two-point conversion. Got it done in overtime. So. That two-point conversion, it wasn't the best play I've ever seen, but it might have been the best reaction by that walk-on fullback. Casey was his name. First time being in the game on offense all season. It catches the ball. It took a while. Then he gets up, and he starts running. Uh-huh. And then they go to, I don't know, chest bump somebody? Was, and he lands on his back. <laughs> it looked like he got knocked out. And, <laughs> and he was... Uh, moving at as he was running down the field, he was moving at the pace of what a, a turtle. Wasn't... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, he he jumped to do that either shoulder bump or chest bump or whatever. Yeah. And he got hit a little early. He went down hard. <laughs> like yeah. you can get up, kid, but that's got to be a standing eight. We got to make sure you're okay. Plus, his jump was not timed well. It was. <laughs> it was like it was off the wrong hey, foot. They haven't had a lot of time to celebrate. If they don't celebrate, it's like Arizona not having a game ball in the locker room. You got to understand. It's it's been a bad stretch here. They're not used to this. I mean, every sports fan not affiliated with the University of Texas looked at that and said that this is the point. This is why I do what I do and why I pay attention to this because this was just flat out awesome. And to have that kid. And then I find out later he's a walk-on and he had never been in the game before run offense. And, yeah, so you can't really say for sure. Sure, I expect the Cougars to go in there and win. But, you know, they are nationally ranked where they have 14 now. And things happen. Uh, it would be a shocker, certainly, but things happen. 
They do, and things happen to Texas. And I, I saw, <laughs> I saw some stuff about that PK. Like in the last decade, Texas has four wins. Well, they have six conference wins. They are two and three against uh, Texas in the last five years, and then against everybody else, it's uh, well. I guess it's one, and I'd have to add it up. Thirty-eight or something like that. Thirty-six. That happened again, Texas. It has to stop happening. Well, I would suspect that the SEC is regrouping and going to extend an invitation to BYU and kick Texas out. The SEC. <laughs> uh, three and thirty-seven in the last five years, and that's two and three against Texas, which means one and thirty-four against everybody else. Not good, Texas. Come on now, and it's like Oklahoma broke Texas with that comeback. That's five straight losses now. And they haven't lost five straight in um, forever. Okay. Right, but was it the what was the fluke? The losing streak or the winning earlier? Ah, good question. You know, the the first four games, what what do they what do they I mean teams get better and you hit better teams in your schedule. So those two things coming together. Yeah. It's just it, it's amazing. Well, what can happen? You gotta give Arizona credit for being competitive. Now I don't care that the the Utes to an extent allowed them to be competitive because in the final analysis it doesn't matter. Utah won the game. That's what they the point of the trip to the desert was to win the game. They did, but you gotta give Arizona credit for competing. And so I don't know Jack about Georgia Southern. Uh, nope. And I know they're uh, three and seven. We're pretty yeah. much exhausting my knowledge. We'll have all week to read up on them and talk to people that Yakel set us up with a few guests, and we'll see what we can learn. They but run the option. You're three and seven in the Sun Belt, and we're not watching a lot of Sun Belt football. No, no. Uh, which maybe even concerns me slightly more because there's far more ignorance than, say, like Utah and Arizona. I'm intimately familiar with Arizona. Uh, seen them play live and seen them play several times on television, so I was. Obviously, extremely confident. I, I'm, I'm very confident that BYU is going to win that game, but it's not from a standpoint of knowledge. It's a standpoint of, of just, well, the other guy isn't very good, and I've seen BYU play uh, all season, obviously, and so expecting them to do what they do. Uh, and it doesn't seem to me that they're going to have any overlookage, which is not a word, but that, I like to make words up. Um, especially this late in the year. It's very rare you have a bye this late in the year, uh, but it should allow you to have some focus for the last three games, obviously, including the bowl, uh, bowl game. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So we got basketball season overlapping with college football season. We have two questions of the day for your consideration, and we will get to them coming up. One about the college football, one about the jazz. We'll do the football next. DJ and PK, stay with us. This is 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it forward for the Utah Jazz, Eric Pascal. What's running through your mind as you stand up 
and you go to step on the court for the first start of those minutes that you're going to be taking in tonight? I'll just bring energy. Literally, that's all I think of. Like, you play the game the right way, and everything will fall in place. I mean, that's something that I've learned. You like the game come to you, and you always, uh, one thing you can control, you can't control if the shot goes in all the time, but you can control the energy that you bring every day. So that's one thing I try to do. And my dad always used to tell me, like, defense and energy travels. Shot always may not fall, but if you play defense, play hard, you can always control that. So I always just have that mindset going into every game. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the day. We got one for the Jazz. We got one for college football. For football, the question is, Utah joining BYU in the rankings, 24th in the media poll, 25th in the coaches poll. BYU is sitting in that 14-15 range and has been uh, for a little while now. Utah joins BYU in the rankings, both in for good rest of this season. Done deal, lock it up. We got two nationally ranked teams here, yay or nay. Tyler gets right to the obvious. It depends on how the Oregon games go. If they're close, Utah will probably stay in. If they get rocked, they may drop. No, if they get rocked, they will drop. BYU will stay in. USU will have a chance to break in if they win out. Well, that's true. So I guess that brings us to the question, what's going to happen in the Oregon games, PK? If you're 24 and you take down a team that's ranked 4th or 5th, up you go. How far depends on how many teams lose in front of you. But you're going up at least five spots. And it, and it might be seven, eight. I mean, we see that some weeks. Well, if Utah wins out, they will be ranked higher than BYU. Uh, and everything hinges upon Saturday, which is very, very interesting. This is the most interesting game that Utah has ever played this late in the season that as far as Rose Bowl has very little effect. It's 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 crazy. You're gonna have to get to the Rose Bowl, most likely, uh, barring an absolute Oregon collapse. Five quarterbacks get injured in one quarter or something ridiculous. Oregon's gonna win the North, and you're gonna have to beat them in three weeks, <laughs> and that's what it's gonna come down to. Uh, Oregon to get to the playoff has to win out. So the implications of the game this week are far more for Oregon than they are for Utah. Because if Utah beats Oregon, which is very capable of doing, and then loses in Las Vegas, they're not going to the Rose Bowl, and it's a bitter defeat. Whereas if they lose Saturday and beat Oregon in Las Vegas, they're going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, and, and they'll go as uh, if they were to lose, but be split and win the second game. They'll go as a four-loss team but they'll have all sorts of momentum. So the only way they're going to get in uh, is if, well, not the, I guess it's not the only way, but the best way is just simply to beat Oregon and go into that thing with momentum. What you don't want is you lose both games and then you still go in because there's nobody else that the conference is interested in taking. And I don't know that anybody else is more attractive in that respect. Uh, 
so it's it's a crazy situation. I don't think that I've, I can compare it to anything in recent memory or maybe even long-term memory uh, because there was no such thing for many, many years where you had to beat the team in the regular season and beat them in that one game Rose Bowl playoff, essentially. This is a new phenomenon since 2011. So uh, I'm so interested in this game just to see the mindset. And maybe when the Utes line up, they none of it's probably going to matter. It's just what's going to matter is that play and who wins the play, you know, and who wins the most plays usually wins the game if you want to boil it down. But it's really interesting to see how this game is going to go and how it affects or doesn't affect the Rose Bowl chances. If they lose, if the Utes lose twice to Oregon, I'm just not 100% convinced they're backing in. I, I would lean towards they're not. Now, it depends on what happens in other games. But the you know, odds UCLA wins out are pretty good. And I would think 8-4 and four UCLA would get picked over 8-5 and five Utah. And oh, UCLA man. may mess up a game. Why would they? 8-4, and four, they'd have a better record. And yes, they lost head-to-head, but it's what you brought up earlier this year. Ah, oh, they didn't have their starting quarterback. I mean, Utah, with two losses in three games, would be coming in with no mojo. That would be very disappointing. It sure would, unless they... But if both games went right down to the end? Possibly. Especially if there's a bad call. Controversy. How did they? They didn't overturn it because it wasn't conclusive, but it looked like it was right. I mean, we could build a bunch of maybes into this. And Utah's been the better program for, without question, without question, eight years now. Inarguable. Eight years? That was a pretty good three-year run for Mora, so I was going to go seven. Okay. Come on. You're splitting hairs. (laughs) They've definitely been the better program. Yeah. And it's a while now. And college football has pretty short memories, so once you get over five years, who cares? Something to be said for that. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. Recruits don't care after five years, that's for sure. (laughs) No. Yeah, but that was when I was 12. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and for them, you know, 18 to 12, for the rest of us, six years is nothing. But when you're 12 and then you're 18, that's That's a massive difference. Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, And also, too, now we're seeing coaches getting fired in the middle, or not in the middle, but the end of their second year. Oh, routinely. It doesn't even, it, it, it gets mentioned, but it, it gets buried paragraphs down. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's the second year. Yeah. So, uh, it, I guess the complexion of the game matters, and if it's tight, I still think that you should go. Now, if they get smoked in both games, maybe you got me, and the Bruins. Who do they have this week? They got at USC. That's right. And then home to Cal. Yeah. And they're 6-4 and after beating Colorado. And you would look that on paper they would be able to win both games, although this is a rivalry game. SC, at this point, uh, you know, obviously they're not having anything close to the SC season. No. And their program is going to change dramatically in the next few weeks. And I was told by somebody – uh, that's why I brought up the Kalani leaving thing because I was told by somebody, man, you just this next few weeks, it because and it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, it's oh, going to be crazy. It is. And it seems like it every year it gets crazier. I think that's uh, because every year it is getting crazier. I don't yeah. think that people, you know, when you say seems, I don't think people's observations are off base here. We are seeing coaches. You, you know, you're saying getting fired after their second year. They are getting fired 
after 1.5 or you know 2.5 years when when one of those years pandemic induced well it was crazy everywhere but it was super short in this league now if you go to Matt Wells and Big 12 it was a little bigger sample size but it was still a super weird year you know zoom team meetings and film sessions i mean it was it was a bizarro year even if you got to play 8 or 10 games and the Pac-12 didn't no, and there's no acknowledgement of oh man that was that that wasn't real. Let's let's let our guy get his feet under him and get it done here. There's none of that. It's like look at the numbers, gone. Yeah, that mindset may be gone forever. I mean, what a weird season. You get a coach fired after the second game. You get the coach fired uh, towards the end of his second year. Yep. So this season, how many jobs are coming open in the Pac-12? I mean, it really is going to be a whirlwind. Uh, what do we got, three right now? Washington was the third because we already had USC Week 2, and then we had the Washington cha- State change. Yeah. Washington makes the the uh, announcement this weekend, so that's three. I know people are saying UCLA, and, and I guess if, if you know they turn it over a bunch of times and look sloppy and have a bunch of penalties and lose to USC and Cal and finish 6-6, six and six, then UCLA can make a change. But they got it together at halftime against Colorado and rolled. I assume they're going to win these last two. They certainly ought to be favored to. I think they're the pick. We'll see if they do it. And they're not making a change at 8-4. and four. That would be completely insane. ASU, though. ASU could be a fourth job open. Expected to be. I don't uh, think Arizona and Colorado should be changing. They just made changes. You've got to give those guys time. So that kind of takes care of the South. Oregon State, the arrow is up there. So. Well, it's more at this point uh, if a coach... I don't know that the arrow is up at Oregon State. Really? Compared to garbage, it's up. <laughs> right. But uh, that's... They've, they've had a disappointing season. Now, when, when, you, when you're sitting there early in the season and you did what you did and then you turn around and lose a couple of ball games like they did... Uh, they're better than they were. Jonathan Smith has got them better than they were, but I think they're viewing this as a disappointment. Well, I'll give you a disappointing finish to the season because certainly expectations were recalibrated with the way they played early. 100% on board with that. But it's still the most wins that they've had in eight or nine years, depending on how it plays out. Yeah, but... Well, so I don't think they're going to make a change. People don't look at it like that. They look at it, what are we capable of achieving... And is this guy capable of getting us there? Not where we came from. It was really funny. On uh, Saturday, I'm driving back into to Phoenix from Tucson, right? And I'm going to hook up with family. So I'm getting an opportunity to uh, watch the Sun Devil game until literally the last two minutes, mm-hmm. right? And they have a nice comeback. And they score a touchdown. And then they have, uh, Robertson gets a pick. And they win the game, right? And then I go... Uh, eat with family, and then 90 minutes later, I'm back in the car, and I turn on the post-game show. They take calls mm-hmm. afterward, like most, you know, obviously everybody does yeah. that, and I only hear three calls before I got to get out of the car. All three calls, all three are cracking on Herm Edwards and Ray Anderson, the athletic director, hard, and I was floored, probably is too, uh, too strong of a word, but I thought... Hey, these guys are seven and three. How many times have they been seven and three after ten years? <laughs> uh, you know, not. But I don't have that fan 
fanatic type uh, approach. It's just not the way I'm wired. It doesn't mean that much to me. But if you're in a high water mark, I get it. Yeah. You expect you're seven and three. Not only that, eight and four seems like a lock, and nine and three is totally reasonable and it's not outrageous possible, at all. Possible, yeah. yeah, it's possible. So I'm thinking that's pretty good, but no, every call just hammering them and. The second call brings up, what do we got to do to get Todd Graham back? No. <laughs> what? Yeah, true. true story. Are they watching Hawaii football? Come no. On. <laughs> no, they're watching what Todd Graham did at ASU. And so he got them in a better place. And the point I'm making is their athletic director comes in and says, well, okay, he's gotten us better than what we had been, but it's not where we believe we should be. And so they let him go. They pay him $10 million to walk away. Completely and totally fiscally irresponsible, especially when you go relative to the results that Herm Edwards has produced. And then the third caller brings up Todd Graham, and the 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 host loses it. Good. He loses it, man. <laughs> that was four years ago. I mean, he was on the verge of swearing. If it was satellite, he, he would have gone. Yeah. yeah. And but that's the way fans are. And so I related to Oregon State. Yeah, he's gotten them better, but they probably think that they're in a better spot. So I do agree with you that I believe he's safe, but you never really know, especially with a couple of ball games left. And then also, too, there may be an opening if one coach within the conference yes. takes another job. Yes, absolutely. I was about to get to that. Coach is fired. That opens jobs up. Now, who gets those jobs opens up more jobs. So let's wait and see how this plays out. Right, because on paper, Washington is one of the better jobs in the conference. If you take the historical view and you go over the last 30 or 40 years, and Washington fans are more than willing to do this, then you can argue that it's the third or fourth best job in the league. I think everyone agree Oregon and USC right now are the two best. The money Oregon has and the tradition they've built over the last 20, 25, going on 30 years – Really good. And SC's got the tradition over, I don't even know what it is, 80 or 90 years. And they sit right in Southern California in the recruiting hotbed. And Oregon's got the money and the Nike stuff behind them. But Washington likes to think they're right behind those two. And I don't have any problem with that. I think uh, if you got inside the coaching industry, there might be coaches who say, wow, you, you know, they're living in the past and... Those expectations. You you know that story about someone telling you about Idaho State's a great job because their expectations are in line with their contracts. Whereas basketball, with, I was told that. Yeah. yeah, basketball. Whereas with Washington football, I think there's some people and coaches like Washington thinks they're way more than they are. Be careful of that job. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just four years ago they're in the playoffs. Yep. So Absolutely. we know it can be done. And yeah. I really, really believe if he wants, if he wants to, Kalani Sataki can interview for Pac-12 job this year. I don't think I have no doubt. Now I mean, he may put out the signal. You know, I'm not really interested, uh, so they may not want to bother. I can't speak to what he's thinking. Uh, I can speak to what people around me tell him what he's thinking. But out of my respect for Kalani, I am not even going to ask him. And that's just. No, it's not getting. It's not, I'm not going to do that. But I'm more than willing to ask people around him what they think he's thinking, because I don't want to tick him off. It's and, and, and I mean I can call him up on my own and, and ask him, but I'm not going to. 
Uh, it's just it's not the right thing to do. I wouldn't bug him on that. But I absolutely believe that if he wants to interview, he can. That's not an outrageous call at all. The way they've won over the last two seasons, the the schools with jobs, the, the AD wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't put out feelers. If not to Kalani directly, know how it works. There's there's third parties you can reach out to. Yeah. And so my caution to BYU is be ready. 100%. And... And I, I'm really curious, you know, you can, and you brought this up with Samson Nakua in the previous segment, you know, and he's got a tie there because he played there and there's a lot of people in place and that's all good, but you never know how much people really feel um, appreciated, what level of trust there is with multiple levels of management. Um, I think we've all been in situations where we, you know, one boss we work for is great, but another boss is lukewarm and another somebody else is, you know, putting their fingers in the pie and messing everything up, you know. So and does someone come with like reasonable money or does someone come with crazy, silly money? And you can say that doesn't matter and maybe it doesn't and you say it shouldn't matter. and Maybe it shouldn't. But I think if we start looking around college football, we can see times where people are like, i got to take that. This job, they, they turn so quick on people, and they're turning more, quicker, more quickly than ever. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so absolutely. if somebody offers you, hey, here's five years and, you know, 35 or $40 million, I can tell them they should say no. You can tell them they should say no, but maybe they shouldn't say no. And that yeah. goes to your point that it's crazy. And I think, and this is underrated, but I think it works the other way too. But it doesn't get as much pub. People will turn jobs down, and we may not necessarily know, so it doesn't get as much. And on the surface, if we did know, we'd say, you're crazy. But they may know, hey, the people I got to work for there, the expectations they have, I may not even get 15 or 20 games. This is nuts. I'm not taking it. And on the surface... You do the history, the tradition, you think they should. But that doesn't get as much run because we don't always find out about the people saying no. Sometimes we do, but we don't always find out. Agreed, yeah. Chris Peterson said no at Boise State a lot. And on the surface, it would seem crazy to some people. But he was choosy, and he picked his spot, and he finally went when he went to Washington. And you're right, not only did he have a playoff, the playoff team, he won the conference title two times in three years. So... All right, DJ and PK, question of the day, the Jazz, what is wrong? They have lost four out of the last five games. They have lost two at home. Lost to Miami twice in a week. You're supposed to split when you play teams that close together. What is going wrong? What do they say is wrong? How much is it spot on and how much is it other stuff? And we will get to that next. Stay with us. This is Unripe. Guys are doing a hell of a job. You take a third place Pac-12 team and put yeah. them in the Rose Bowl, or right. a five-loss team and put but them it, in the Rose Bowl. But what it is is it's like, but our champion is playing in the college football playoffs. And so. then you have, and then you have BYU fan who is going to be even more grumpy because let's say they get to twelve in the college football playoff. Utah with five losses wouldn't even be. They must have been unranked at that point in the college right. football playoff committee, yeah. and yeah. they'd be in the Rose Bowl. And they're playing a New Year's Six game where BYU is going. Can I have some crumbs, sir? Can I have a bit of the New Year's Six Bowl, sir? 
That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, coming up at 8.35 right now. Question today, part two, what is wrong with the Jazz? You know, PK, there's a lot of debates in the world of sports, but sometimes we actually get to uh, a point where everyone's on the same page, and then it's like you take the discussion to the next level. Is there something wrong with the Jazz is no longer a debate. Four out of five, you lose four out of five, and you're the Jazz with their expectation. Heads are turning. What, what is wrong with you guys? It's no longer is there something wrong. Something's wrong. And I thought it was interesting that um, you know, Donovan Mitchell used the word embarrassing. That, that was embarrassing. Because they didn't just lose four out of five, but they were down by 26 at home. They were getting blown out. Is that rock bottom now does it change? And if you're going to turn things around, well, what's wrong? What do you have to fix to get back on the winning track? Because it's not just bad luck, bad bounces. <clears throat> Daniel says, I'll turn the channel every now and then to see how they're doing, but I refuse to watch entire games. I watched probably 80% of the game last year and invested way too much time to be disappointed with them exiting in the second round. They're not as good as they think they are, and I think Quinn is too much of a player's coach at time. At times, the players are different than in the Sloan era. So I get you can't put the hammer down like he did, but at some point you have to hold players accountable for the lack of hustle, defense, and constantly complaining to the referees. These guys are professionals and should act like it. I think many things. That is a heck of a take from Daniel right there. One, from what we've, refer- what we've heard referenced by players, Quinn puts the hammer down, but only in private. And those post-game things, he will talk about the team and in generalities, but from, well, Joe Ingles on our show, I guess, would be the, uh, would be the obvious one. But um, Alec Burks was, was saying once, you never want to be in the film session. You do not want to be in the film session the morning after game. That doesn't tell me that Quinn Snyder so is a coach. <laughs> I think he was saying you better do things right during the game so you don't get called out by the coach because it's super uncomfortable. I think in today's world, every coach has to be a player's coach to one degree or another. Oh, I see where you're going there. The individual players can have so much power. And, I mean, they, they basically fall over themselves to make sure Donovan Mitchell is happy and whatever he wants. And he there's some people in the public who call him out of fans because they don't like whatever political stance his latest thing is on. Although I don't know how you can argue with what his latest thing and how you can say he's outrageous in saying that what he said, but that's in my opinion uh, on this, uh, this little tragedy of last week. That's for sure. But some people get turned off by other stuff. I have a hard time seeing how you can get turned off by last week, but other stuff. And he has the full support publicly of the jazz. Because he basically holds the franchise in his hands because he's that good of a player. And so the better the player, the more leverage the player has. So the coach better be in a position to have that player like him. And so, and that's not unique to hear by any stretch. So everyone 
to an extent, has to be a pleasure co- player's coach. I don't think that that's the issue. I was thinking about what you said last week, that historically his teams get off to a slow start. So this is what's happening. I think that's some of it. I do think that they have got to figure out how to solve the switching. Um, that's bugging him. It leads to a lot of dribbling, so the offense doesn't look right. It doesn't pass the eye test. But I think they know they have to beat people off the dribble because the pick and rolls they use um, aren't, aren't as likely to work. Um, but people are hitting other stuff. Michael says, number one, rebounding. Well, that has certainly been a problem in some games. You can't argue that. Number two, worrying too much about officiating. Yeah. Uh, um, three, three-point shooting and spacing. So Michael just keeps going. I mean, he, he's got a list. Um, Tammy says, I honestly think they put too much pressure on themselves. They're all trying to do too much themselves instead of passing the ball. And then add on to that that the three-point shots have been subpar this year, which I think yeah. is related to my first point, and it appears they have forgotten how to have fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that gets circular, Tammy, because winning is fun. And you can't have as much fun when you're down by 26. You start having fun when you're down by 26, and then people definitely think you don't care. Well, they do, and they do have high, high expectations placed on them by themselves and by yeah. everybody else. You know, this is not unusual. Uh, you can go back to the Stockton and Malone, the peak days, and their two NBA final teams, and they had stretches where they went on the road and lost five out of six. Now, they ended up 60-win teams in the NBA finals, but you hit these stretches. But when one player says it's embarrassing, that's Donovan's word. It's not our word. That's Donovan's word in postgame. We played it for you about an hour ago. Yeah. And then I thought the guy who really hit it on the head was Mike Conley. You know, As usual. And paraphrasing, basically, got to focus, got to lock in, got to have a sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, there are things that need to be done, and there's a way they need to play, and they're not there right now. And this is, I think, the, the fallout, and this happens all the time. They didn't play great basketball in the first eight games, but they got great results. They were 7-1. and one. You go 7-1 and one in the NBA in any eight-game stretch, you're having a good stretch. But now, they aren't winning. So how do they get to the point where they know they're playing at a high level? Now, it's hard to play at a high level and sustain it. We see the Warriors. They get off to a great start, and then they go to Charlotte. We'll get to this and what is trending next. They go to Charlotte and get beat by a pretty, what I assume is another pretty mediocre to poor Charlotte team. But they get beat. We'll get to that next coming up. What is trending on the way? All the headlines, and that was a wild, wild day in the NFL. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.